Hello there, you're listening to the Act 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. My name's Dan Steele, I'm pastor of a church in Oxford, and along with my co-host Steve Robinson from Liverpool, we want to hear from different guests about what God is doing in different contexts in the vast expanse of Europe. To be better informed and encouraged, to know how to be praying, and to, under God, plant more and healthier churches that thrive and flourish as they take the message of Jesus into a world that needs to hear of him. Hello. Uh, how are you doing, everybody? It's Dan Steele here. This is the Act 29 Europe podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Steve Robbo. How are you, mate? I'm doing okay, thank you. I'm doing okay. Excellent. Um, we were just talking before we started and realised that the uh, European gathering, global gathering, Help on the Journey conference will probably be about eight weeks off from when this goes out. Um, Robert, hey. have, you bu- have you booked? Yeah, we've booked. There's a there's a gang of us coming from Liverpool. I think there's about ten of us oh. coming. We're, we're all going to be there. Ouch. We're all getting our swimming costumes ready. Our oh, Liverpool mate. shirts. We're gonna we're gonna embark on Benidorm. Sorry, must I, I need to rephrase? Costa, Costa Blanca. Blanca. Costa Thank Blanca. You. We're gonna embark on their Costa Blanca to spend time with everybody. It's gonna be great. Mate, are you a conference junkie or do you just kind of endure them? I'm a recovered conference junkie. That's what okay. I would say. Okay. So I, through my 20s, I used to love conferences. So any conference, anywhere, if there was a conference about church planting, leadership, teaching the Bible, I'd, I'd, I'd be there. So I'd, uh, I've got a good friend of mine. We've been friends for over 20 years, and we travel. he's a member of our church. We'd go anywhere together uh, to go to different conferences. But um, I'm a recovered conference junkie, so I don't go to as many now. And I think that comes through the fact that I, I, I need to pick and choose which ones I go to uh, and, and work out what's the best. But I do love myself an Acts 29 conference. I do really? enjoy gathering with people from all over the world. So I'm, uh, it's been a while because of COVID. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I hadn't been to, um, I think the last one I went to was Serbia, which I think was about three years ago. So it's, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting people from all over. And, you know, what oh. a great place. What a great place to put it. The Brits feel so comfortable in Benidorm, so that's perfect for us. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, I think this is my first Act 29 conference, I think. So I'm, I'm slightly late to the party, and, and therefore I don't quite know what to expect. Tell me, tell me what, what are the best things about um, 89 conferences from your, from your experience? So for me personally, the best things yeah. are, are spending time with people. Uh, you know, I think that's a lot of, we, 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 you know, we've heard that in podcasts, haven't we, of people's experience of Acts 29 is the relationships that are built. So I, I think spending time with folks, learning from folks, uh, catching up with old, old friends. But obviously in the midst of that, there's loads of encouraging things that are being shared, um, whether that's information from people in different parts of the world, obviously Bible teaching, and specific training stuff and obviously each conference is different you know what i mean as a different vibe different cultural feel which is part of the appeal i think for an axe 29 uh conference and you know the hope for this one is that it's going to be um it's going to be all those all those things it's been conferences bro where i've built relationships with certain people that are that are now uh friends for life very much so yeah very much well me and you met me and you met uh, probably the first Acts 29 That's true. European it's, gathering, yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was a handful of us, wasn't it? So about it 15 was, of us. I've forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember I, that? 15 I, of us? 
I do. I remember I, 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 I shared a room with Di Hankey, mate. It was, it was, it was an absolute treat. I I'm think sure it was. He just had twins as well, so I think he was quite tired. Um, <laughs> Those twins are about fourteen now. That's how. Right. That's how. <laughs> We're all That's getting old, man. We're all yeah, getting yeah. old. But the conference is going to be great. 17th to 19th of May in uh, Costa Blanca, Spain. I, I'm sure it's going to be a blessing. So uh, for those who aren't listening, can I encourage you, if you're able to be there, be there. I think it's going to be wonderful, bearing in mind we have not been able to gather for probably getting oh, on to wow. two and a half, three years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as far as I'm aware, mate, the hope is that we're going to have some, at least some opportunities to record some podcasts. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I think that would be great if we're able to do some, whether that's, who knows, we might be allowed to do one live, you know, on the oh. stage with an audience. Oh. Uh, you know, we get carried away with just me and you, so imagine <laughs> yeah, if we had a room no, full of people. It's going to be messy. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe let's do <laughs> But definitely we're going to be chatting with people throughout the, the couple of days and getting nice. short sound bites, I'm sure. Speaking of chatting with people, <laughs> oh, see that gear change. Um, I like what you do. We, we are very pleased to have uh, Jürgen Schultz with us. Jürgen is um, based in a place called Paderborn. I think you can, you can correct my um, pronunciation in a second. Um, we're thinking approximately 100 kilometres east of Dortmund in Germany. Um, Jürgen, really, really good to have you with us. Um, mm. can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your family. Tell us about how you've ended up being a pastor and indeed a PhD student, um, as we heard, as we've been chatting beforehand um, in Paderborn. Give us a bit of your life story. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, first about me, my family. I'm married. We have four beautiful children, three boys, one girl. Um, I'm a native of Paderborn. I was born in that city, um, grew up about in, in a village a bit, out, bit outside of Paderborn. Um, um, yeah, that's my hometown, basically. Um, we, we left Paderborn. I went, met my wife church here in Paderborn, got married, baptized, everything here in the city. Um, we left uh, the city since I wanted to study theology, so we went for three years uh, to Gießen, another city in, in Germany, two hours away from, from Paderborn. Moved then to the U.S. for, for two years uh, before we then returned back to Paderborn. Okay. Um, okay. I was asked to join my home church, become the first pastor or the become come full-time on staff and then eventually maybe uh, to become one a part of the leadership team or the pa one of the pastors. They never had any full-time pastor before. That didn't really work out. The church went on a different road and after three years we left that church. But that's how we ended up basically in Paderborn. And after three years we were faced with the decision, okay, what's next in our life? And that's when we started thinking about planting a church in downtown Paderborn. Wow. That's amazing. That's great. What a great, uh, great story. God's had you all over the place, hasn't he? Learning and growing you, which is amazing. The good stuff. And then you come back home, mate. You come back home. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like the, you know, what's that in English again here? The, 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 the prophet in its own country or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's home. It's hometown. Yeah. yeah. Me, too. me too. Yeah. We all understand that. We're, yep. we're all serving in the towns we grew up. Yeah, uh, which is a privilege, but also can be a, a challenge. Could you tell us for our listeners, and uh, could you tell us what is the the church and gospel scene like in uh, in Germany? Well, in Germany, well, this is a tricky question. I mean, in, in some sense, because Germany is very Christianized in that sense, and and then I'm I'm a pastor of a church plant in 
a very Roman Catholic area and a very Roman Catholic uh, city in that sense. So, uh, so what is the church scene like in general? The, the church is deteriorating or it's losing its members uh, rapidly. In uh, 1960, about 79 percent of the German people would say we are part of a Christian church. I mean. If I say 90-70%, I'm not saying that all of those are really committed believers, but culturally are connected with the church in some sense. 2016, this number dropped down to 63%. And the next and we are basically now in the in the in the process of becoming a min minority. So uh, in uh, for Christmas 2022 uh, 21, so last Christmas, people said this is the last Christmas season in Germany. Christendom is the majority. Next Christmas season, so 22, will we will be a minority. And that's definitely happening. I can see that coming. So yeah, we are losing um, even our cultural heritage. People are leaving the churches. It, it, uh, and that's that's very much the, the atmosphere that we encounter also in our very Christianized city. Germany in general, the large cities, uh, Berlin, Hamburg, and so on, they are all very much secular already. East Germany, very secular, even by heritage, with the, uh, by, the, by the history, with, with the former Soviet Union and everything, you know, the, uh, um, East, the separation between West and East Germany. But then also in cities like Paderborn, that is traditionally Catholic, we are also down to less than 50% Catholic now. So we can see how everything is just being secularized. That's the tension. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet, despite the Christian cultural decline, clearly churches are being planted. There is growth. There are sprouts of, of new life. Um, tell us a bit about how you came to plant and, and maybe particularly how the kind of part that Acts 29 played with that, just for, for our listeners who are maybe even thinking through whether to, to get in contact or to, to plant with 89. How have you found that process? And yeah, what's sure. Good? Yeah, definitely. Um, the the reason why we started planting the church is basically that growing up in that city, um, I, I knew that we are not really reaching the people of Paderborn. Yeah. We were located in the fringe, so the suburbs and so okay. on, but in the historical center where we had the large cathedral, uh, we have the archbishop is, uh, is is located in Paderborn and so on. Everything is gravitated towards the center of Paderborn if you want to go shopping, doctors and so on. We had a huge growing university and uh, yeah, rapidly growing university. It's now huge, basically. And we, while I was working already at this one church, we started praying for a mission project that someone would go and, and reach this people in, in the historical center of Paderborn. That's the most expensive place. It's the most difficult place to, to live there and to find space for a church plant and so on. And after three years, when it was clear that my time at this church was coming to an end, I was sitting there with a friend uh, who was a constant prayer partner for the last few years while we were praying with a small group of men for for our city and our area in, in general. And he said, hey, and I looked at my friend and said, maybe God is calling us to start this project. He said, are you sure? I said, I'm never sure. You know, let's talk to <laughs> let, let's talk to some other folks what they think. But, uh, yeah. you know, only because I have a crazy idea doesn't mean that this is God calling, you know, so. Um, so and uh, but then we talked to other pastors in the area and uh, God confirmed the call. Mm. And after a while, we had a group of ten people. Wow. By that time, my family and I we were already living in 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 the historical center. Uh, we we had our first child. We needed some bigger space, and God 
definitely gave us this apartment that we were living in because that was so cheap and we had no clue why it was so cheap. Um, but that's where we learned how the people of Padawan think. I mean, we really got the vibes of uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the, how they feel and so on in, in the center. And I realized we as a church, how we were living in our suburban area, we don't reach the Roman Catholic. We would never reach the Roman Catholic people. There's culturally too much uh, uh, between us. And, uh, and so the, 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 this calling and this passion to, to start something that is really focusing to reach the city, the people in the city was yeah. just growing stronger. That's and great. that's how that's we, we, we started our thing there, our project. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, this has been going on for the last six, seven years. And we joined basically X29 because I wanted to have a fellowship of um, with other pastors or being part of a network where people just who share a similar um, burden, a similar story, similar challenges where we can connect, talk with one another, but who are also not only practically uh, driven or have a practical mindset about how can we do this thing called church plant, uh, 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 the actual steps and I find uh, what I'm looking for, uh, but basically also to have a, a theological community. So someone where I can also share this uh, idea of what is church actually about and so on. That's why we basically joined X29. German, the German, um, in Germany, X29 is still a bit small, but hopefully this will change in the next com uh, coming years. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Jürgen, you said that uh, when you guys were praying about starting a project in, in the city, you were asked by your friend, are you sure? And you said, I'm never sure. And you went looking for advice. So you've planted, you, you, you've, you, you're working there. If you were going to plant again, what would you do differently? Um, grow a stronger team. In the okay. 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 That's definitely yeah. something that came to my mind. We, we had the, we had the blessing. I mean, what I wanted to do is if we start in an area where we already had a number of established churches, but none of them ever went into downtown, I first wanted to know why. So, and, and people really warned us and said, hey, you, you will never make it in downtown. It's too expensive. It's too difficult. If you only reach those who are living on the streets, they are socially and emotionally not stable enough to grow a church. You need people who are strong enough to also grow a church and then counsel those who are socially weak or, or emotionally weak and so on. Um, so there was so much pressure from the outside, basically, not to do it from, from certain people. But then again, there were others who said, hey, if you are, if you think you can do that, go ahead. We would love to see that happening. So they started to encourage us. And there was in particular one pastor who is uh, who's, uh, also an um, emergency counselor here for our, for our region, uh, was being called basically by the police and so on and all these difficult situations. But he's, he's a good friend. He became a good friend of mine, and he was already before a good friend, and now uh, we are working together. They basically said, hey, we will send you as a church. We will join. Let's work together in this project. We will pray as a church for you. We will send, send you as a church. Um, so we joined that church for about 10 months, um, and after 10 months, I said, hey, you are ready to go, guys. We see that, that you are really, uh, that, that you are, have the passion and the, and the, and the, the grips and you have an understanding so let's get started we send you out there and uh, they but they said hey you need one more team member you 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 have a team about uh, of about 10 people but only two of us were basically leaders i said you need a third person 
So they sent us their best man they had, the, their youth ministry guy, you know. Uh, and he was doing a great ministry. And Jens came along, and um, this for the start, this was great. What, but what happened right after we started is that one of our guys uh, had a change in, their, in his job position and, uh, and an accident also that, uh, thank God, was not too difficult, uh, was not too, too painful, but still life became messy all of a sudden. We just started and, and Eduard, who was ordained with me to go and plant this church, had his accident and started a new job. And in January, I told him, hey, you can't be part of the leadership team anymore. It kills you, basically. He was emotionally a wreck and so on. I, I realized I need to let him. He, yeah, he felt the responsibility to be there, but he couldn't be there. So Jens and I took over, uh, the, the third guy that the church sent with us. But then after a while, I realized, hey, Jens is he's ready to go for seminary and to become a prof and not to be a pastor. So I looked at him and said, hey, God gifted you differently, man. It's time for you to think about some other ministry. He can read and write books all day long. Yeah, he has a passion for the church, but I, I could see that he definitely need has a different calling. So after three years, I was basically that he stayed for another half, one and a half years. But after three years, I was sitting there just by myself. I thought, guys, what if I would do something differently? Definitely uh, uh, have one more team member there that that is committed for a long term, at least for five years or so. That said, hey, I'm starting with you for the next five years, and I'm I, I, so that. Otherwise, um, yeah, for the last four years, well, four years, I've, I've been basically just be, I was basically the only leader of the church, the pastor. But Eduard came back eventually in April. I ordained him as an elder. So his job situation changed. But I had this extended time of three and a half years that was really difficult for us as a family. Yeah. But so that's definitely my point, what I would say I would do differently. But yeah. But you could also not really see that coming with his with his job change, and then was it was the accident that he had a car? It's a car accident. Nothing really major, but still, uh, it was right around all in that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. The the devil is not waiting. You know, he's also challenging us. We need to see that also as a spiritual challenge there. That's right. Absolutely. And sometimes it is the Lord strips things away at the beginning, so you end yeah. up not able to trust in ourselves and having to look to Him and trust in Him and. He kind of removes the scaffolding so that we yeah turn, turn yeah. ourselves to him again um, hey i learned so much about leadership during that time and to okay. trust god and to keep yeah. press, pressing forward and so on to to focus on other folks in church to 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 help raise other leaders and so on uh and and then to see that edot is coming back and to ordain him to become one of the elders now and he's doing a great ministry now uh and i really love it to see how how people thrive in there with their giftedness that God has mm. given them. Mm. Um, and still, I, if I would if I would do things differently, I would look for someone, some more person who was there for for five yeah, years. Sure, sure. And I guess you would, um, if you did it differently, you you wouldn't have a global pandemic as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. How, how has COVID affected you as a church? Well. Um, in the beginning, we just closed down uh, and, and just said, hey, uh, we can't meet when in March, basically, when all the restrictions came up because we didn't have the chance to have uh, social distancing and so on. And no one, no, we didn't know how long it will last. And so we expected for six, eight weeks that we will be closed. And then as this became more obvious that this is not uh, just be a short, uh, just 
that this is be done in six weeks or eight weeks, finish. We basically decided we need some additional space where we can meet as a, as a congregation. And so we looked around and there was basically only one spot that we could rent. Um, and, uh, that was, that was and still is financially a huge challenge for, for a small church as ours. And still, um, God provided. And that was just awesome to see that the church was really happy that we can meet again after the, we, we basically decided to just meet on via Zoom. That was all what we did basically. Um, but that's, that's not really church. You know, I think we re- we need the embodied experience. We need to be personally there. Um, yeah, that's, that's on the practical side that this financially, then emotionally, it was a challenge. People got, uh, started to, to, to develop. To, to pull back, basically, we had some people who were there right from the beginning, and then all of a sudden they were gone. People who were not baptized yet, but who started even in our living room, and we started right from the beginning, one of the first meetings, and all of a sudden they were gone. And so it looks like that for some, the pandemic was also this this test. You know, do I really believe, or is this really not for me? And some that that's a bit heartbreaking that you see that people who have been there for quite a while. Uh, that you already started talking about uh, baptisms and all these questions, all of a sudden decide, no, it's not for me. I'm out. I'm not believing. I'm, I'm gone. Um, but this is also, yeah, that that's a sad, but these are only the minority. There were only a few of those. Um, some were just nervous or or try, a bit a bit afraid about all how the virus will play out. So they are, uh, they are locked. They are very much on self-quarantine the whole time. And sometimes at some point, I, I think we need to talk about that, uh, that the devil is more dangerous than this virus. You know, sometimes we need, we need, the, we need the congregation. We need to meet and, and see one another. And if we isolate ourselves so much from the congregation, that's a challenge that I see now, basically, that some people, we need to win them back because they are too afraid about the circumstances in life. Um, I'm not downplaying the uh, the virus here. That that's a challenge. Still, uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, the yeah. devil is also a challenge here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that's basically our our experience. We we see now that we can meet again. People are they were very happy that they can meet again. They they are done with only t- screen time. We have a huge number of young adults, students, and so on. They all their university classes were on screens and and on uh, online. They they wanted to meet in person. They wanted to hang out, you know. They and and they were very happy and said, "Hey, it's great that we as a church keep going." We worked with the authorities here. We had to come to yeah, just follow the rules that were put up and so on. And we had good experiences. We had some. We have some doctors in our church that helped me to understand this whole thing and the whole situation even better. And Skip. now we are all set, basically. Skip. So I think. Skip. We um. It's interesting. One of the things that I think has been really noticeable for us as a church here in Liverpool is, I think for the first time, as much as we've spoken about the importance of gathering together, being community, doing life together, that's very much phrases that we we would use in, in our context. But for us, I think that the, the pandemic has really highlighted the actual means of grace being together, which it is, just by which we understand grace so much by being together. We understand so much more of who God is and and what the Lord, what, what he has done to form us as a people. And I think what we've found is, I think there were people who 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 realized that very quickly 
uh, and then there have been those that it's been over a course of a period of time and 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 I think the weight of being together being a means of community has become become clearer to them as a, a certain proportion of our church have started to gather again and then those that have been maybe a little bit more fearful for 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 good reasons some not for good reasons and now actually feeling oh actually i'm i'm missing that means of grace because i'm seeing it happen i'm seeing everybody on online as i watch from home and i'm feeling that and 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 i think things are starting to turn in our context and i'm sure in yours in yours and well god's it's interesting, isn't it? We're going through Exodus at the moment, so you just see all that God did in Exodus two with Moses. Just that preparation for him. There was no waste of time. Just moving him forward, and obviously when he speaks to him and calls him out, and he's making excuses and all those sorts of things, you just see God. There's just no wasted moments. Just no wasted moments. That God's preparing and moving forward. And you know, we know you being an Old Testament scholar, I'm sure would agree. <laughs> God is using all those moments. Uh, for his glory and for our good, um, which, which I think I think we've lived through a time where we'll look back and we'll see how much God has shaped his people through yeah. this, yeah, through this you know, in time. So, Jürgen, I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but what we do towards the end of the podcast, we ask some um, sharp, short, sharp questions. They're meant to be. And uh, sometimes we get quick answers. Sometimes people just like to rattle on, which is fine. Absolutely fine. we got time. So I'm going to ask you the first question, then Dan will ask you that we'll, we'll alternate between the questions. So are there a couple of books that have been especially helpful to you in your ministry that you'd love to share with our uh, listeners? Yeah, well, I, I started thinking about Bonhoeffer, Life Together, uh, oh, yeah. especially mm-hmm. now that we are mm-hmm. going through this pandemic again. So mm-hmm. don't take everything that he says uh, for, yeah. He he doesn't he doesn't love uh, songs uh, in in uh, what's that in English again? He does he loves to sing songs, but they need to be only in one tune. I think so. If you start having more, more you know, different, uh, but yeah, so that stuff in there, you know, where he says, hey, it can't be like a choir sound or so. You know, it needs to be one tune there. So that's weird. You know, but what what happened there? So don't take everything uh, <laughs> seriously there. But uh, yeah, but life together is really a great book. And then you have the cost of discipleship. From Bonhoeffer, I think these two are very, became yeah. very dear to me. Uh, the other one you mentioned, uh, Steve, you mentioned Grace just just a minute ago, and uh, I, th- I think the book from Chuck Swindoll, Grace Awakening, it's an oh, old yeah. classic, but I just love it. I mean, I've, I, I lived two years in Dallas. I met Chuck and I got to know him a bit personally, oh, and wow. just to see how how he um, how he un- un- unwraps this whole idea of grace and helps us, us to live in grace daily. That's, That's right. an amazing book. I would love to see that being published in German again. It's mm. out of print in German. But then the third book that's very helpful for me when it comes to building a church in a good sense is Retro Christianity by Michael Swiegel. Um, Mike also became a good friend of my Retro Christianity, Reclaiming the Forgotten Faith. Uh, it's just an awesome book for to, to think through how, how do we create church, what we how what logically driven how what do we emphasize and basically the idea is to bring back back uh, the, the the pulpits or preaching and and the table uh, so the the, the Lord's Supper uh, these put them in the center again so just these three books basically or the four books basically nice Great. nice um, Jürgen uh, Steve has just uh, alluded to the fact that you are indeed an Old Testament scholar so you're doing a PhD um, you're a church planter you're a husband you've got 
Well, the picture in front of me says you've got at least four kids. Um, yes. Like three boys and a girl. Um, yes, that's right. And a wife. And only one. Only one. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> how do you? How do you structure your week to make sure you do the right things? But also, then, what do you do for fun, and how do you relax? Okay, let's start with the fun part. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, with with all what I'm doing, basically, I need physical workout. I spend too much time sitting and and uh, sitting around and working either at at my desk or or visiting people, having coffee or so. So I need to get my body moving. That's it. Otherwise, I can't think clearly. And so, basically, biking. Usually, I you can basically do everything by bike. I go to the church office by bike and everything. So, bike is. Uh, the big thing jogging swimming so that's that's just get some physical workout but then also just to have a nice nice date night with my wife enjoy good food good wine or, or just nice music um so just to relax and, and really enjoy what god has given us here also without taste it and to feel it to smell it so that's just something with, where i can really let go that's that's my fun part there um and how do i structure my week well for my dissertation, what I learned is either I block my time or things will never happen. I mean, that's basically true for everything. So, but in the, the morning hours are now reserved for, for, for my PhD project. During COVID, this was not possible. During COVID, I had to stop my PhD work. Otherwise, the church would have, that would have, yeah, the church needed my full attention. So that, that's why I'm not too strict. You have to adapt to the certain situations, even to family and life situations. You just need to be flexible. But um, usually in the morning hours, I'm working on my dissertation, and then starting around noon, everything switches to uh, the church ministry, and then it, then I'm basically working on the go. Uh, do my church family needs more time, then yeah, they yeah, they yeah. get the space in my timetable. Otherwise, Great. I'm working till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, and all the day. So, but that's that's where I'm a bit flexible. Then make time blocks, boards, and then make sure that you fit everything into your schedule somehow. That's great. That's good. It's, good. It sounds better than it really works out. Yeah. So. It always does, mate. It always does. <laughs> it always does. It always always does. does. Most people share the structure of their week, then go, then come off the call and realize that they probably don't even keep to it. So and, and yeah. they have to rewrite it. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, off the back of this podcast, speaking to so many people who give their structures, I just constantly feel guilty that yeah. I just seem to have no structure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know... But but that's what I also learned is that we are all learners. You know, we always Absolutely. keep pushing. You know, looking and, and then we Absolutely. rearrange again, and still somehow it works out. You know, so that's, Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. Like God's grace, definitely. It does. It does. It does. Bro, you're you're a you're a church planter. You've planted uh, and you've also led God's people through a difficult time. And there are so many different areas. I'm sure that the the devil has a go in all sorts of areas and i'm sure there are things that go on in your life that make periods of time or whether constantly you're struggling and because of those things what you know where do you struggle and what are the things that you preach to yourself say to yourself in those moments well i think uh patience yeah i mean if you i, I i i have a high pace that's just me you know uh, someone told me once hey jürgen you are you are just too fast for me, basically, how, how quickly I do things, you know, slow down a bit. And I realized, okay, not everyone is 
I mean, I'm just different than others. I mean, we're all different. That's just normal. But uh, what I needed to realize is sometimes people just take longer. And usually, um, yeah, yeah, I'm just a few steps ahead often uh, than people around me. And that can sometimes, uh, I needed to realize that's me. That's uh, the others. Uh, I'm just too fast in that sense. For, for It's only because I'm thinking about all that stuff at church or so on. doesn't mean that all the other folks also think about the same uh, topics uh, and, and so on. So what I did is basically uh, what I in these moments need is just to to relax, calm down, and, and let um, let people um, cut them some slack, give them some grace, and let them just also have the time to to think through questions and come and even let it to allow that they come to different conclusions. It's not I'm not always right, but this was also a process to learn on because I just love to do so many things and I get them done and you know as you mentioned with PhD work and so on it doesn't mean that everyone has to live a life like that and it doesn't mean that everyone has to come to the same conclusions as I do so that's where I really need to learn that my, this time this thing of patience is not only about giving them time but also giving them grace that they that, that they don't need to have the same ideas and share the same passions and that's definitely something that's great. that's great stuff thank you um Jürgen, we'll finish in a moment but one of the things we'll do before we finish is we'll pray for you so any any specifics that you can give us um and then robbo will um finish us off by praying i think so yeah how can we pray yeah. for you and your ministry yeah sure um let's start with the ministry in the last couple of months we have seen a growth with uh, of visitors from the from an international background so we have now seven eight uh, nationalities in our church and uh, this creates a different uh, dynamic that we haven't had before um with different challenges we one a refugee couple from iran and the other ones are professionals who moved from from india and then from several african countries and so but this situation we realized that uh, the german lifestyle is not known to them how to apply for send the kids to the next school and so on so we have the the tension how to to come to to shepherd them to 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 come alongside to help them to 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 adjust in in, in germany to lifestyle in germany and this is a challenge since yeah people are not many people in our church are not used to it they they are our church is quite young 45 and younger and so they really need to learn that how can we come alongside of of other people and learn to shepherd them and and to be there for them to be the body of christ in, in theological terms but still to lift that out practically in the daily life and that's a that's a that's really a prayer that i'm praying right now that we learn that as a church to really see one another in our life circumstances where we are again um and the second one would be more personally to have wisdom in in um, finishing up my phd work and and, and how to handle all the responsibilities well, where to let go, where to let people also just do, uh, where I, where I push, push, pull back basically so that I don't, yeah, that I'm as a leader not taking over responsibilities that I can easily let other people take care of, uh, even if they do it differently, to accept that. It's not false, it's just different. So yeah, that's, yeah that, that wisdom. Good answer. That's great. Thanks, man. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thanks. Father in heaven, I want to praise and thank you for Jürgen. I thank you, Lord, for him and his wife and his dear children. Thank you that they're yours. Thank you for the journey that you've taken him on um, with his 
seminary training, Lord, the experiences that he's had, the 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 knowledge that he's gained. But I thank you that through that, his affections and his love for you and for your church, for his hometown, for the German people has 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 really been stirred, and you are continuing to foster that. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would bless the congregation. We want to thank you and praise you for the growth that they've experienced in recent times, especially those people who have come from different parts of the world. Father, what a picture that is to see people from different tribes, tongues, and nations be part of the local church. So we just ask, Lord, that you give wisdom to Jürgen, to, to the leadership there, to to wisdom and how to best disciple and to support. And Father, I pray that this is a wonderful opportunity for the church, Lord, as as it brings a different dynamic uh, to, to the culture, I guess, but also gives a great opportunity to love and serve each other in ways that may be different for this particular church. So Lord, we pray that you bless them. I ask, Lord, that you'd save more people. Father, I pray that in a city that is very religious and religiosity is declining i pray lord that salvations would increase that you would bring mm. people to the knowledge of christ please that mm. you would do that through my brother and through his church we ask that you would do that and father mm. i thank you for the opportunities that you're giving him to to serve in different ways and father just this work that he's doing uh on his phd give him wisdom lord to 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 plan his time well regarding that and father also to to work out working that and also being able to let go of things in ministry often as church leaders lord we find it hard to let go of things help us to see and help Jürgen to see specifically lord that this this is your church mm. these are your people you've got this and then he can trust you and trust the people that that, that you have given to to serve in those ways so lord give him wisdom and discernment around those things mm. but father bless our brother thank you for him thank you for this conversation that we've had Mm-hmm. And we ask Lord that you continue to be with his wife and his his children. And I pray, Lord, that, that in the remainder of this day, over this weekend, Lord, that, that you would just give him a joy uh, and a peace and um, that his affections for Jesus will be stirred in all that he does. Lord, I pray that he gets to enjoy his family this weekend. Uh, and Lord, that you would, will remind him, like he says, he enjoys doing, being reminded of what you've given him. I pray that for myself and for Dan also. Well, bless us, we pray. Bless us, bless our brothers and sisters all around the world who are trying to save you and proclaim the gospel and to plant churches, Father, whether that's in Europe or to to the, 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 the four corners of the earth. Bless the work uh, of the hands of your people, we ask, for your glory's sake. We pray these things. Amen. 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 Man. Thank you so much, Robbo. Thank you, Jürgen. Um, thanks thanks a lot for listening. Really, really good to um, to have you on, Jürgen. And we'll be continuing to pray for the work in Germany and, and beyond. It's so exciting to hear how things are going. Um, I, we are told that if you leave a review on your favourite podcasting app, then that helps more people hear about us. So we'd love you to do that. Um, do uh, get in contact if we can help at all, if they've got ideas for particular guests or people we can speak to. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks' time, God willing. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. Do check out the show notes for links to some of the things we've been speaking about, and we'd love it if you would subscribe and share this with your friends. Join us again in two weeks' time.